With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm with Honky. Uh, to the person that gave us a one-star rating on iTunes, how is that even possible? We're clearly a two-and-a-half-star podcast. Minimum. Minimum two-and-a-half. minimum. And I'm also with Mac. Hello, Redcasters. The nightmare continues. We still haven't won a game this season, but I'm hopeful that this week will turn things around. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, Nothing dear. like going to Camp Randall to oh, really dear. just turn a season around. Good point, Mac. I yeah. mean, lots of opportunities lie in front of the Huskers in Madtown. Well, we are, are missing, missing Boomer uh, here. He uh, couldn't be on the show tonight. Not that he didn't want to be. Uh, I do have his picks uh, for uh, that segment, but uh, Boomer's in Des Moines or Des Moines, however you like to say it, really. But um, I'm not quite sure why he's in Iowa. Guys, any any idea why Boomer's in Iowa? Recon? I, I don't know. What is what is he doing? Maybe he's what, still what does Boomer Brian do? Brian playbook, yeah. negotiating a contract with Kirk. I don't know. Possibly getting some beeswax for his mustache. I don't know. Ooh, that, that's very, Yeah, the Amish, you know, yeah. colonies, yeah. Romana colonies. I think they saw that over there. Maybe so. he's carving a statue of butter. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we're missing Boomer tonight, but um, I'm sure he'll he'll be back next week, and uh, maybe maybe we'll have better news. But uh, as Mac alluded to, the long nightmare uh, that is Husker football uh, is continuing. A 42-28 loss at the hands of the Boilermakers of Purdue suffered in Lincoln on Saturday. Honky, you were there again. Um, what'd you see firsthand? Well, first off, I have to talk from five yards back because I have a penalty called on me. Uh, <laughs> but here, let me let me get up to the mic. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that was a that was a fun game. As the I'll say with Memorial Stadium, by the time that we hit fourth quarter there, uh, I was a little disappointed in the fans. I'll be quite honest with you. We had twenty thousand or so probably out of the stadium by the end of it, and I just thought that the team was they were fighting the whole way through. And I wanted to see, at the end of that game, I wanted to see a more full stadium than what we were getting. Having said that, the 70,000 or so that were still in the stands, they were loud. <laughs> they were uh, unified, I think. We were, we were all pretty upset at times with some of the, the calls. And I, I'll get, I don't want to get too much into refs because, you know what, I wanted to wait till I got home and half the, half the calls were probably correct. But it just felt like, what we were getting, we were getting the worst of the calls at the worst times. Mm. My God, third downs that were continued, an interception that gets, you know, called back, a punt return that goes to the 50 and we get the holding call and sends us back to the seven. At, at the very least, without even blaming the refs, I think Frost said it best that, you know, we just, we're, we, we are, you know, 
one of the most snake bit teams in the country that way. We just cause it to ourselves. And so it's one of the four big things that we said going into the game, turnovers, penalties, special teams, and third down defense. Penalties was ended up being, the I think, the, the big player in that game that I'm going I'm to take away from it and remember. Yeah, it, it, it wasted a entire a great performance by Martinez, you know, over 300 yards passing, nearly 100 yards rushing. Divino Zigbo has a career night. Uh, Spielman puts up huge numbers, two touchdowns over 10 receptions, over 100 yards receiving. You know, Jack Stoll finally kind of shows up. I mean, there, there was a lot of good things that, you know, the offense came alive, shredded them sometimes, and then you look at the score and we're beat by two touchdowns. And it's the same thing every week and it's and it's just like what coach frost said it's it's a lack of discipline it's not caring enough to do things the right way throughout the game it's it's what gives you hope and it's what frustrates you about this team um we're just not good enough to win games and play this way that's yeah, bottom line. i i hear you i mean i feel like i go in a thousand d- different directions with both of those uh speeches you guys just gave let's let's go with the frustrated thing i mean Honky, you pointed out the penalties for this game, and that's been inconsistent through all four losses. Same thing with poor special teams play. I mean, we see Caleb Lightburn falling on his, his backside, and et cetera. It's just it's frustrating to see that. Uh, the third down defense is is very frustrating. I think there's probably, you know, 10 more things you can label. What's the number one thing you're most frustrated, to think, frustrated with with this team right now? You know, it it's interesting because – those things tie into each other. So yeah. I guess I guess I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna give the easiest answer I can. It is our starting field position is the most frustrating thing to me because it encompasses all four of those things. When we can't get off the field on third down defense, um, it eventually at least flips the field on us. Or when we get a penalty on a on a punt return, it starts us at the seven versus the fifty, as it did in this game. When we don't get the interception because a penalty takes away the interception. It continues to drive to where they're either scoring on us or they're kicking the ball to us deeper into our own our own field. So it feels like we are constantly going uphill full yeah. field every single possession. And the lack of big plays that we're having on offense is forcing us, you know, when you're having to go ninety plays, you're having to go twelve 13, 14 plays to get there. And and what's frustrating to me is we're doing so many things well on offense. We will have a 12 or 12 play drive and 10 or 11 of those plays will be really good, but there will be one that does a does a penalty yep. and something that pushes you back or that eventually maybe there's a turnover that we don't get the points always out of it, so we're not scoring the amount of points that the yards are showing. So that's yep. the frustrating thing on offense and on defense. We are we were really quite good on first and second downs at times. I think the stat that was shown last week was that we were third in the country in th- in getting to third and longs. We had the best third or third best in the country third down yardage by keeping teams to like an average of third and seven. But we're like ninety seventh in the country and giving up third downs. Yeah. Those two stats don't make yeah. sense. But when the game is over. A lot of the plays we do, you feel really good about. You feel good about those first and second down defenses. You feel good about a lot of those offensive plays, but we can't score and we can't get off the field. Yeah, for me, it's it's the penalties. I mean, you're right about the field position thing, um, and it's the dumb ones. You know, the Stanley Morgan's hold, uh, Tyjon's hold. Those were football plays, and those were pretty questionable. But hitting a quarterback 
three steps after he threw the ball, hitting a guy when he's halfway in the white on the sideline. You know, that kind of stuff is maddening. And it's so selfish and so the lack of, of situational awareness that the team continuously demonstrates is I mean, I could see why Coach Frosty want to hit his head against the wall because that stuff that is killing us, and it's it's costing us games. These are the reasons we are zero and four instead of possibly three and one. Honestly, we I mean, I'm not sure. Michigan was Michigan. We got our we got our asses handed to us on that one, but everything else was a winnable game, and it is so frustrating to watch. We're not learning from these mistakes. We're not getting better at that. It, and some of those things, the turnovers, oh, Martinez had one bad pick. One bad pick, but he played mostly well. Nobody put the ball in the carpet otherwise. Um, the defense, you know, came close to challenging for an interception, but then, of course, we cost ourselves with a penalty on that one. Uh, it's just, some things have gotten better. I'd even say the special teams got better to a degree, you know, kicking withstanding, but I mean, yeah. the coverage was good. Rondell Moore was a terrifying uh, kick returner, and we did a good job of covering that guy, but jeez, man. Yeah, I thought overall, yeah. honestly, Moore, he was somebody I was really concerned coming into that game, and I thought we contained him very well, special teams and defensively. He only had that one slant pass that got the bulk of his his receiving yards, but it, you mentioned the, the penalties, and, and it was... I. Talked a little bit earlier about how the, the the crowd. It's always hard when you're at a game to kind of get a sense for how it is on TV. Like I wanted to, I was trying to text you guys and I wasn't getting good reception. I wanted to hear back from you guys on like how are the announcers and you know, are people as upset watching the TV about the the penalties. But we had this guy standing next to us and he was like the guy that gives commentary out loud during the entire game. And I don't know who <laughs> he's talking to. Like I literally have no idea. He's just he's just. He's one of the color commentator, right? Oh, he's explaining every play. And I'm like, dude, I'm sitting right next to you. And I know you're not talking to me, but anyways, he was the guy that was getting, getting crazy after every play. And it was the, or after every penalty. And it was the one that was, was it dismute that tackled the guy a yard out of bounds. And he's like, he's clearly in bounds. That's a terrible call. And I'm like, no dude, he's a yard out of bounds. I'm sorry. I mean, I want desperately for that not to be a good call, but yeah, but it was just that it is what it is. You can't make those plays. Yeah, even even Freedom's one was close. I mean, I get it. In this day and age, you can't really do much to the quarterback. And as he fell, and his, his hand hit him. But he did get shoved into him. I mean, it was a that was a BS I hate call. That, I that hate was it. a I hate BS that. call. Yeah, I, but I, I, but the, um, but the same time, like you said, we were talking about this before the show, Dave. We've earned that reputation based on our yeah. other games. We're in the double digits for penalties, so. You know, yeah, we're the, fair, one of the I most guess. penalized teams in the country, and now they're just like the refs see that, and I, I just don't think we're going to get any breaks the rest of the year unless we have one game where we completely clean that up, and uh, that seems unlikely at this point. Uh, guys, you were t- uh, starting to touch on this a little bit with special teams and, and et cetera. Is that now it became more official today after the uh, the press conference where we saw the two deep come out, but. At, in that game, we saw some different faces, right? Uh, Cade Warner, for example, uh, starting um, as a wide receiver. Uh, Woodyard getting, uh, I think, the kickoff returns. Um, and, boy, he shouldn't have taken that ball out of the end zone, but I think if he didn't stumble, he was awfully close to actually making something happen on one of those kickoffs. Um, we also saw some some new faces on the defensive side. What would you think of uh, the kind of injection of uh, some some different talent out there? Yeah, I think it was definitely needed. I just look at the running back position for a second, and Azigbo's not new talent. He's obviously sure. the, the old senior, but 
him getting a bulk load of carries and just uh, he was by far, I mean, the, the best runner we had on the field that day, the best back. And what did he get? What did he end up with? One hundred and seventy. I mean, that, wow. And Seventeen carries, uh, I think. So that's that's pretty darn good. You know, Boodle isn't again. I guess this isn't exactly answering it, but Boodle solidified in my mind. He absolutely solidified the one spot, the corner spot, and that was a question coming into the season. So if he solidified that spot, and by the end of the game, to answer your question, Eric Lee starts right. to starts to play, and if he maybe becomes, I don't know, I don't know if he's the guy or not yet, but he's going to be the guy starting this week. Yeah. Um, you know, they're they're willing to move people around. Deontay Williams started playing quite a bit more. Saw Caleb Tanner. Um, too bad about Hannes. Oh, I really felt bad to see him see him go down there. Um, but and then you know, Bo Wilson. I think he started anyways. He started in front of Farmer because Farmer yeah. was uh, was yeah, and then Farmer six, came in six when Conrad went down. Week. And I think that's our. I you know, all due respect to, to Cole Conrad, I think that's our best lineup is Wilson at guard and, and Farmer at center. Anyways, yeah, as long as Farmer cleans up the snaps just a little bit, I think we'll be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, and I thought Cade Warner did a good job when he was out there. He was really good. I thought the receivers did a better job this week of blocking downfield for the most part. I know they each got holding mm-hmm. calls, but those were close. And and the running game, I mean, was pretty pretty legit. I mean, with Martinez in 90s and, and Ozigbo over 170, that's that's a good that's – a, that's the kind of game you win. You don't usually put up those kind of rushing stats, and we've done this twice now, and, and lose games, but mm. here we are. I, I'll you say know, this oh, – I'm sorry, Dave. No, I was just going to jump in on, the, on Martinez throwing for 323. Random thought that came into my mind is uh, how often do you think Martinez is going to throw for 300 or will he have more games where he runs for 100? That's a good question. I I, I bet I would bet his average – a high game for him would probably be in the 90s for rushing. I would bet he'd be if, – if we're clicking like we should, because although we threw it 42 times, so that seems a little heavy, but – yeah. I mean, close to that, close to that three hundred. I mean, we finally started pushing the ball deep, you know. And his touch on the deep ball, you know, we're, we're looking for positives, right? That's the, we're, yeah. we're a Husker fan podcast, <laughs> but but there's no doubt in my mind after this game, we got the guy at quarterback, and that's that's a huge relief. This guy, he was dropping dimes, you know. He's starting to get a real good feel of when he needs to tuck it and run, and he is a special runner. I don't think we've had a runner like this at quarterback since Crouch. I mean, in terms of how good he is with the ball, not just fast like Martinez, right? Um, Taylor Martinez yep. was fast, yeah. but like more of a sprinter than anything, right? But but man, he's good. I mean, yeah, Adrian's right? good, and he's big and he's strong, and so he young. doesn't get rattled. Um, so he's he's a guy we can build with, and JD Spielman is. He's a baller. I, there's a lot to like about this team, and once they pull their head out, I think <laughs> there are games to be won on our schedule still. But I, yeah. when are we going to see that? Well, I think we're going to talk about offense in a little bit in the next segment. But right now, if I can move over to defense, the one area that I'm—I don't know if "concerns" the right word, but I'm just—I was expecting more of out of this point would be the front seven. I really thought against Purdue, I thought our front seven was going to manufacture you know, three or four or five sacks by itself. And for whatever reason, the last couple games, they just – it just hasn't happened. In fact, we showed some videos on, on our Twitter feed and, and Facebook here last night. It was just of cut blocking. And it was – we were showing the example of on offense. And, and we'll talk about this 
it, during the, the offensive segment. But on offense, we would try to cut block the other team, and, and we weren't successful with it. Um, but Purdue would cut block us, and my God, I, the number of times on our seats were at the fourth row, so we were like right behind the Purdue bench. We were right at game at field level. And I was just watching from the side, and you would just see our defensive line would go straight down. Uh, several times I saw that happen where defensive line would stand up and boom, all of a sudden they were cut down to the ground. You've got to be able to keep your feet. I mean, that's yeah. that's just something that – and then when they have these little slant passes across the middle, that's what's keeping us from being able to knock down passes. Or, you know, at some point all that adds up. Those are those little execution things that they keep talking about, but they all add up and prevent us from making the big play. At some point, we are we are a really solid team on seventy-five to eighty percent of our plays, but we never make a big play. We just are solid. Are you and talking on just, the defensive side of the ball in particular here? Yeah, I, I'll say defense. I mean, quite honestly, this probably pertains to both sides. But sure. so let's say focus defensively. We're really good. Eighty, maybe even eighty-five percent of the time, we're really good. But but even when we're good, we never make a big play. So even like like. We just have to, like, there, there's at some point just dumb luck. The ball that bounced up in the air on that one side screen yeah. right in the first half. And Frost wow. mentioned, he's like, you know, gosh, in a year, you know, someone's going to be there to pick it off, right? Just nothing seems to bounce our way, and we don't force that penal- that, that that play. And I think of the guys yeah. like the Terrell Farleys or whatever back in the day. They're there just going to win that ball. Levante yeah. David, there were guys that would do it. And in my mind, I'm thinking, like, with the redshirt rule, like, will Breon Dixon play four games this year? And will he go out against Ohio State and, you know, we play Breon Dixon and he goes out and gets, you know, forces a fumble and gets an interception and gets a sack? You know, I mean, something like that. We need mm-hmm. – we, we're, we're so good 80% of the time, but we can't get over the hump, and then we can't get off the field because we make mistakes. Yeah, we can't – I just – I it just seems so rare that the other team even kind of puts the ball on the carpet. You know, I just haven't seen it that much. So. Sure. We're not stripping yeah. it. We're not creating it. We're not challenging. You know, these fade routes, they – our corners have still been a little slow to get their heads turned, uh, you know, to break up a ball here and there. But, but you know, we have a we have a golden opportunity when when uh, number four tips the ball up in the air. A golden Rondell opportunity Moore. with our <laughs> yep. six foot two safety on their five eight freshman wide receiver to high point that ball and go the other way, and we don't do it. We yeah. don't do it, and and they end up getting a field goal on that where we could have had seven. So. And all the momentum in the world just all the momentum. Right? I mean, yeah, you yeah, finally get a, yeah. something big to cheer about. I mean, that you know, it's such a mentality thing at this point with this team. It's you know, buy-in. We've talked about that from the beginning of the season. And uh, what comes first? Is it going to be a victory? Or is it going to be buy-in? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty extraordinary. Scoring explosion. The offensive breakdown. All right, fellas, uh, we're gonna. Dive into the offensive side of the ball with scoring explosion. Uh, just talk a little bit about the X's and O's and, and the Scott Frost offense. You know, while I was watching the game against Purdue, and we did have finally in that third quarter and fourth quarter, the offense started to work better. We did produce not only more yards, but we actually started scoring points. Um, and the previous two, two and a half games, it's been been pretty rough, right? I mean, if you see these numbers that uh, we're producing – Points-wise in particular, it's nothing compared to what, what Frost was being able to achieve with UCF last year. kind of made me think of that UCF offense and how it felt like uh, because of, of Frost's kind of play calling and that 
each play kind of in sequence started to set up more successful plays as they went through their their game plan. Uh, a, a short little five-yard screen in one instance would suddenly uh, result in a, a big play later on. Uh, and I think maybe why that, that worked at UCF and hopefully will work here at Nebraska is because we had a, they had a lot of positive plays, right? Plays were successful early, so even plays built off of those plays were even more successful later in the, in the game. And right now it feels like with Nebraska, it, we're sometimes just stuck in the mud in our offense, right? Like none of the plays – Sure, we're not as deep into the Scott Frost playbook either. That's a part of it. But, like, the plays just don't work as well right now. Um, and then, thus, the rest of the playbook doesn't open up um, for Frost to call. Uh, any thoughts on that at all? Mac, you want to jump in first? You know, you're right. Because one thing I've been a little surprised about this year is coming into the season, I felt like we had a bunch of skill position guys that we were going to be able to utilize almost right out of the gate. And it's still basically been the Stanley Morgan and J.D. Spielman show. Yeah. You know, we haven't we haven't even really featured the tight end that much. And if those guys aren't being used, then it's just sort of crickets on offense, you know. Adrian's coming around a little bit with his running game. And and maybe after this week, we've kind of established a pecking order in the run game. It seems like we wanted to go with Greg Bell for a while, but Zigbo's just kind of been a bell cow. And if that works, that's great. But, you know, going back to what you were saying, you're right, Dave, because the way that the UCF, if you watch those guys, you couldn't isolate anybody. I mean, I know they had their primary receivers, but their tight ends, all their running backs, you know, all their wide receivers all contributed right away. So I felt like if we would have had J.D. Spielman last week, and, and he had a great, great uh, game, but, geez, I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, Mike yeah, Williams isn't point. contributing. Uh, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it to Honk, but, I mean, it's like, it feels like J.D.'s like the only duck arc guy we have that can play that position right now right and going into the season it felt like we were going to see three guys there at least right uh just doesn't happen yet honky yeah i think if i was kind of doing an evaluation of the offense for the first four games it would almost mirror what i said about the defense earlier the defense were good 80 percent of the time but we can't get that big play on the offense i feel like we're good 80 percent of the time we're moving well between the the 20s we're starting with bad field position a lot of times, so we're starting from our 20 or, or worse. But we just lack that big dynamite play. And I guess I'm a little jaded here with the USC thing or UCF thing because the, I didn't really start watching a lot of UCF until probably towards the end of last year. So the the, the games I'm watching, they were at performing at their best, you know, at that point. But man, it just felt like you saw a lot of big plays game after game after game. Now I'm going to have two points with this. One of them is is that obviously we're just not quite there. We're not we're not at that point in this offense the way that UCF was. But the second part of this is and this is something it's just we'll find out in time. The Big 10 might not be as easy to get those big plays in as what they were running into in the American Conference. And this is where when Frost was was hired on, and he made the great statement. I still love it, and I think it's a great statement. He goes, I, you know, I want the Big Ten to have to adjust to us. I think that's a legitimate statement. I think I'm going to give it about like an 80-20 rule. I think 80% of this is right. The Big Ten's going to have to adjust to what Nebraska's doing as we get better. You already start to see Iowa starting to do some tempo. I think their teams are going to try to adjust to what we're doing as we get better at it. So, again, to, to quote Frost again, uh, take your shots at us now. Purdue, enjoy your win. 
uh, it's that's this stuff isn't going to last for long. We will get better. But that 80-20 rule I said, I think that the 20 part of it is that we may need to adjust a little bit to the Big Ten as well. So things like, you know, getting under center, fullbacks, that, that's not stuff to worry about right now. If I was Frost, that would not be on my attention, you know, on, on my radar right. for this week. But I think it's something that down the road, we saw Purdue this week, a spread shotgun team, get under center in fourth and one and third and one. We've seen Michigan use the fullback. We know what Wisconsin and Iowa would do. That 20% is what I think we can pull from the Big Ten over the course of the next couple of years, add into this offense. And I think this offense could be really dynamic in a couple of years being able to play a lot of different styles. Some of it, too, might just be, like we talked about before, our starting field position has been atrocious, you know. So it, it limits your playbook a little bit and drops and penalties and everything. We've just killed our own momentum so many times. Um, actually, the drops haven't been quite as bad as the penalties, I, if, if I'm being honest. But the lack of tight end involvement, I thought Stoll was going to have a bigger role. It, it just sure. doesn't. And and the and the running backs, you know, the duck are aside of Spielman. The screen game has been clunky, but when it works, I mean, you can see how like that that score that Divine had was big time, and the and the receiving blocking down the field was a lot better this week. So yeah. I, you get glimpses here and there of of what Frost is talking about when this stuff works, but we're so far away from the consistency that that to truly evaluate it, I, I don't know. I don't know where yeah. we are with it. Yeah. Yeah, the screen game has been a failure for like half a decade at least at this point. I mean, we just haven't done anything. I don't understand why we can't block a screen. (laughs) It's just awful. Uh, That was the one thing we did really well under Callahan. We could screen a team pretty good. You know, (laughs) lucky that you had like 182 catches or something stupid. Um, If I want to move over to some positive stuff, and I I think we're trying to keep some of this positive. Some of the stuff we've been saying has been pretty good. But, like, in this last game, that first drive looked smooth. That first drive, we actually had some tempo because we were moving the ball um, and, and keeping the clock going and yep. getting first down. So that's, that's good there. And, Mac, you've said this already, and, and I think, Dave, you were talking about too, and I just want to reiterate this. Martinez is the man. I mean, this guy, we have our quarterback of the future. Yep. What I saw in person – and it's so funny. You see things different on TV than you do in the stadium and all that. And I think you guys were seeing it on TV. I was seeing it in the stadium there. The composure that Martinez has as a freshman is outstanding. Yeah. In, in the fourth quarter, with all the pressure and the crowds, you know, frustrated as heck, and we got a first down, I think, on offense, and then we had a holding penalty, and it moved the ball back, second and 22, and the crowd is just – Going nuts at the refs. I mean, they're booing as loud as I've ever heard them boo. And I'm look. I'll, I'm just. I'm not booing. I'm just staring at Martinez, and he's cool and calm. And on the next play, he takes a snap. He's in the. He's in the uh, pocket. Good pocket by the by the line. Nobody's open. He takes off. Runs for 22 yards. Gets the first. Next play. Now I think that was the drive. If I remember right, that's the drive that might have ended up with the interception. So he's still a freshman. Yep. He's still going to make mistakes. Yep. No he's one's still making mistakes. No yeah. one's going to argue that. But this, he's basically paid two and a half games this year. He's a freshman. He's very it's true. It's all the more reason. I had a um, a colleague of mine uh, suggested a week ago that he should redshirt. We should redshirt Martinez for next year. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, because we've got all these quarterbacks on the roster. Well, and I'm like, what That's are you true. talking about? If you want to be good next year, 
you want to be good next year, he needs now. every rep right now. I, it might be painful. It might be frustrating to watch. But that game on that game on Saturday, win or lose, that game meant something. Like Martinez grew that day. We need that's the stuff. We need more of those games if we want to have a a competitive, highly competitive team next season. I mean, that's that's where I'm at right now. I, I still I still always will hold out hope until it's mathematically impossible that we can make a bowl game this year. I'll hold out hope, but to me, that's not the most important thing right now. What's most important is keep making progress throughout the remainder of the season, and by the end of the year, keep finding the Cade Warners, keep finding yeah. the guys that, that kind of come out of the woodwork that are going to be players for us next year. That's that's what I'm looking and for. I, I like that, that Cade Warner got to play this week because it kind of shows what the coaches have been talking about to the, all the other players on the team saying, you know what, if you are doing the right things, if you are a guy who's accountable, if you are, you know, if you're a guy that you can put out there and trust, you're going to play. And at this point, that's what we need. We need that more than the possible potential that you would if you'd ever catch a ball and be in the right position you know you mm-hmm. might score because that's just a hope and a prayer at this point you know what's yeah. you know what's kind of interesting too and i'll just keep this specifically to offense since that's what we're talking about is is uh once we get to those last four games and with the way that the redshirt rule works this year too is that especially if for some reason if we are mathematically unable to be playing in a bowl game those last four games, you know, maybe in a traditional year, you'd be playing more seniors and upperclassmen and finishing the season off a certain way. But, my gosh, if you got to the last four games and you're not going to make a bowl game anyways, and now you can throw out Cam Jurgens at tight end and, and you know, and some of those sure. other players, Miles Jones, if Tate he hasn't. Willeman. Yeah, if they haven't played at that point, start to throw him in there and, and you've got your four games. You can, you can use them. So. Yeah, you almost could have a completely different team and really previewing uh, the 2019 season in some ways. It's interesting. Could happen. Could happen. Yep. Well, let's uh, head to the mailbag, Hunk. All right. Yeah, the uh, mailbag this week, we had uh, some good questions come in. Uh, Remember, you can uh, contact us via Twitter or Facebook or at our GoBigRedCast at Gmail inbox. Our first question comes from Eric uh, who asked, uh, where have you guys seen progress so far from this team after four games? I'm going to throw this one over to Mac. Uh, it, that's a good question because it's a positive one. Uh, <laughs> uh, on offense, I know we've already kind of talked about it during the show, but I've seen progress from the quarterback position. Certainly I've seen this kid grow. He's starting to learn when to tuck and run, and he is, he is going to be an elite runner, folks. The guy's really good. Uh, and I think the running back position is starting to have a little production going forward. J.D. Spillman is starting to get loose. So I see production there. Um, defensively, uh, Dismuke's good. Uh, or not Dismuke. Scratch that. Boodle. <laughs> <laughs> I meant Boodle. You do like Dismuke a lot. I do like but... Dismuke. I, I, it hurts me that he was the guy with the uh, penalty this week. Sure. But I still kind of like that guy flying around and hitting, just like I like uh, uh, Deontay Williams back there hitting. Uh, but Boodle has been picked on, and I think for the most part Man, he's risen to it. Uh, I agree there. So, yeah, there's some positives. I feel like the this week I actually felt like our punt and kick coverage was there. Uh, we still need that's a some big work. step. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You know, um, Mac Hog. Maybe I'll ask that question just a little different way. Going forward, looking to the the Wisconsin game here, it could be a little bit different of a of a game since. 
that Wisconsin's our first like Big Ten heavy, you know. So how would you measure progress uh, on Saturday night uh, watching the game? What are, what are you looking for to say? Like, you because know, this is a tough task. We're not mm-hmm. expecting the Nebraska to roll in there and, and get a victory, but you never know. But what would count as progress in that environment? You know, I, I think the thing I was going to say, and I, I can apply this towards Wisconsin, was I think I've seen progress in our tackling on defense. For sure. And now we've given up some gapping, gaping holes on some plays, and that's been an issue. So that's something that I think would be progress if we close some of those up against Wisconsin. But, you know, a year ago when Wisconsin ran the ball out against us, what, like 24 of the last 26 plays after they threw right. that one pick six, they just ran it, right? Well, if you could do anything wrong on defense, whether it's run fits or just tackling, we would do it, right? The progress against a team like Wisconsin, who is a very traditional Big Ten West team, this is Iowa basically that we're playing this weekend. This, you know, it's the same style. Is can we close up those run fits? Can we? Can we? That front seven's got to play better. I mean, I'm 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 holding our front seven to a very high standard to begin with. So they've got to play better than they did, you know, against Michigan, definitely, and even better, and definitely better than they did last week too. We've got to have great play out of that front seven. And if they tackle well, that's progress in, in my mind. That would be progress against Wisconsin. Yeah, if we could just make them earn it, you know, yeah. and not give them anything with stupid penalties along the way. If we can make them earn whatever they get, I'd be pretty happy with that. You know, just to see what that game might look like would be – I'd be excited. Oh, my God, get off the field on a third down. I just – Yeah. I think that's a good point, Mac. If we just made Wisconsin earn the victory opposed to giving it to them, uh, I think I'd be very interested to see what that, that final score looks like. Mm-hmm. Good point. Uh, our second question from the mailbox comes from Nate from Missouri. And he says, where do Huskers baby, Husker babies come from? And do you think one could help turn around the season now? Uh, Dave, how about you? I have no idea what that question means. I mean, is he literally asking of where Husker babies come from? Well, I, I think mean, when... He needs to know. Maybe he's too young to, to, <laughs> to get an answer. I don't know. We have a very diverse audience. I think uh, when... You know, little Husker mommies and daddies love each other very much. Uh, I thought it was when Scott Frost shed a tear and it landed a ground, a Husker baby was born. Maybe I'm wrong. I I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. You know, the off season is nine months. Maybe that has something to do with uh, Doesn't matter. Uh. Doesn't matter. We're not sure, Nate. This is this is a Husker podcast, not a... Probably not going to help this year. Probably not, yeah. We know, yeah. All right, and uh, last, this isn't exactly from the mailbag, but it's from uh, Kirk from SoundCloud, and he said, I enjoy the honky picks uh, of the week, and just letting you know that I do listen to the end, so that was answering our question from last week, that we do have people that actually listen all the way to our picks, and he also said, just pick the opposite of honky and you will be a winner. Oh, you are a jerk, Kirk. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I need to read all the way through. How dare you? Anyways, how about... Smart of you. Very smart. How about this? Just a reminder. You're not picking opposite of Honky. I'm picking opposite of you. It was usually picking opposite of me, actually, right? That's yes. how it usually works. So. Well, I'm picking opposite of everyone, typically, and it usually shows. Well, Honky, how'd you do last week in Pick'em? I do not know, but I'm guessing not great. <laughs> I think I went like 7-3 and three or 8-2. and two. I can't quite recall. I'm somewhere in that neck of the woods. Another, another good week, um, which... You know, hopefully puts me in uh, competition versus Boomer. I do have Boomer's picks with me. You guys about ready to, to dive into the picks? Yeah, let's go for it. Redcast predictions. 
All right, week six. You know, let's start uh, with one of the more traditional games uh, this time of year. It's at the uh, state fairgrounds in Dallas, Texas. Texas taking on Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma is a seven and a half point favorite. Let's uh, start with uh, Mac. Oklahoma. All right, uh, Honky. I am actually gonna ride the Dave train here, and I'm gonna go with Texas. I I guess I don't know who you're picking, but by the way, you like Texas up to the point. K State was close to pulling that. Yeah, that was. I, there's no shame in. I mean, I shouldn't have taken them as my pick of the week, but there's no shame in taking K State last week against Texas. That was a close one. No, no, I understand. I hear you, but at the same time, they did lose, right? They they did officially lose, so I That's I lost. I yes, but I will take Texas this week. Excellent. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to – I, Honky, you said you're going to ride the Dave train, which I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to leave that there. But uh, I'm going to actually take Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, you son of a uh, – <laughs> And Boomer just, Boomer takes Oklahoma as well. I, I, I do have Oh, good. You have Boomer's picks. I was just looking I do have his him. picks over here. So Boomer takes All Oklahoma. Right. So, hey, look at that. Honky's Excellent. the only one to take one of the teams. <laughs> Surprise, uh, surprise, surprise. You should be That's so happy. Right. I should be. I am very happy. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get moving on these because I think producer Skip says we take too long with this. Um, we have Boston College going to NC State. NC State four-point favorite. Let's start with Honky because I know he knows these two teams so well. Yeah, I've studied this one a lot, and this game's at NC State, so I'm going with NC State. That's a wise choice. Uh, Mac? I have no idea. Uh, Boston College. There. That is also a boomer took, so it's probably a good good choice. All right. Sweet. Not bad. Um, you know, this is interesting. I, you have a couple of future NFL pros here, right? Finley at NC State, quarterback-wise. Boston College with uh, Dylan as, as running back. You have two pretty darn good players there. Um, besides that, I don't know. I have a lot about these two teams. I'm going to go... Uh, with Honky, actually, and take NC State. Woo! <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, let's see. We got LSU going to Florida. These are two teams that have had some some interesting games recently and a few cancellations, et cetera. Uh, so a little bit of bad blood almost between the two programs. I'll, I'll start with Boomer's pick just so we, we get that out of the way. He is taking LSU to win down in the swamp. Honky? Uh, I am going to take Florida in the swamp. Interesting. I mean, Florida's four and one now, uh, playing well. Mac, LSU. I'm also taking LSU. I'm buying in on LSU. I don't think Florida's quite there yet, even at home. Should be a good game though. Uh, this is a game that's really on there for nostalgia's sake. Uh, Florida State going to Coral Gables, playing Miami. Uh, Hurricanes at 12.5 point favorite. Ooh. Boomers taking Miami. Honky? I can't believe FSU won last week. Uh, I'm definitely going Miami. Mac? Hurricanes. I'll go four for four on that one. Uh, all right. Kentucky, I think ranked 13th in the country. I can't believe I just said that is going to College Station, taking on the Aggies of Texas A&M. Even with Kentucky being 13th in the country, A&M not ranked. A&M is a six-point favorite at home. 
Boomer's taking the Aggies. How about you, Hunk? Going with Terry Wilson and the Wildcats. Hmm. Kentucky. Terry Wilson Jr., yep. Getting yucky in Kentucky. All right, Mac? I'm going to go with Texas A&M. I am... Well, this is a tough one. I, I mean, I feel like Kentucky keeps on surprising people, but going into Texas A&M and Kyle Field is really tough. So I'm going to go A&M. Kentucky's got to stumble at some point, right? All right. Uh, Auburn, staying down in the SEC, going to start Vegas to take on Mississippi State. Boomer takes Auburn. Let's go with Mac. I'll take the Tigers as well. All right. Honky? I'm going to go with Mississippi State, home team. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Auburn on that one. All right. And we got Notre Dame going to Virginia Tech. This is uh, one of those ACC matchups for the Golden Domers. Notre Dame's offense has been explosive lately. Uh, Boomer has taken Notre Dame. Since uh, I've been going last here, I'll go ahead and, and take Notre Dame as well. And I'll take them as my lock of the week. Ooh. There you go. Honky. I'm going to go with Vatek as my lock of the week. Oh, nice. Locks yes. going against each other. Yeah, we're doing cross locks again. Uh, I was impressed with how Vatek came back last week after the Old Dominion uh, horrendous defeat and then beat Duke, a ranked Duke team. So I think uh, Inter Sandman gets it done in. Blacksburg. I like it. Mac. Touchdown, Jesus. I'm going Domers. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, all right. Big Ten West action here, guys. Uh, Iowa going to Minnesota. This is for a pig, I believe, right? Uh, Floyd, Floyd of Rosedale. Uh, Iowa's a six-point favorite. Mac, let's start with you. They're young, Mac. Remember, Minnesota's young. They They're are young. young. They are young. young. And irritating. Um, <laughs> where's the game at? It's at Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, I have not watched Minnesota really at all this year. I haven't either. I, I, on a whim, I almost feel like taking them, though. So I will. Uh, Minnesota. Nice. That'd be a big upset. That'd on my fun. lock. I don't care. It's oh, my lock of the week. Oh, no. It's throwing it's it down. Hawkeyes, <laughs> okay, you're going to be pissed off at Mac. Oh, my. F- oh, Kansas right, State was my right. plus five, um, minus will, five game last week. So. Did we just lose Dave? I will take Iowa because okay. I'm far more logical than, than Mac, but I, I do like the boldness of Mac there. Honky, who do you got? Feels good. Um. Yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa. They had a, they had the bye week, so they're they're ready. Yes, they're Boomer because he's behind enemy lines there in Des Moines is also taking Iowa. He he thinks that probably is safer, and it allows him to blend into his surroundings a little bit better. Uh, all right, uh, West Coast action. Not a lot of good West Coast games. Uh, we have Arizona State fighting Herm Edwards, uh, trying to kind of bounce back now. A two and a half point underdog. In Boulder, so Colorado, they kind of rolled over UCLA last Friday night, uh, 38-16. Uh, makes your head scratch on on how well Nebraska played against that team, and they seem to be getting better by the week. So, Honky taking the Sun Devils or the Buffs? I think the elevation will get to Arizona State, and I'm giving it to Colorado. 
Herm might get lightheaded a little bit. I think so. I think yeah. so. Need need some air. Some Mac. of the weed. Some of the weed in Boulder. Yeah. I think Colorado's made a season so far out of beating bad teams, ourselves included. So I'm gonna <laughs> go with Arizona State. Ooh, that's interesting. That that will be interesting how to play out. Um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Colorado here. I still think that Chenault and Montez are, are pretty legit, and I just don't know about Iowa or Arizona State. So we'll this see. appears to be making up to a Mac clawback week. Yeah, you. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah, we're all over the board. We're not. We've only had like one game that we picked uh, four across the board. So, all right, guys. Well, uh, Nebraska. Going to Madison to take on the Badgers of Wisconsin. Whiskey opened up uh, as a 20, I don't know, three-point favorite or something. I think it's down to 20 or 21 at this point. So some of the money's coming back on the Nebraska side, but it's still a huge spread, not to be surprised. Honky, what are your your initial or your, your, your thoughts on the game, I should say? Not really. Well, I certainly think that this is a game that we're going to want to keep low scoring. I, I can't imagine this being a shootout and being good for us in any way. No. Um, you know, I oh, I so badly want to pick us just to do it. But you know what? I'm going to do the reverse psychology on it. I'm going to give it to Wisconsin. Uh, they're going to win 3-2 to two on a last-second field goal. Nice. No, no offensive production at all from Nebraska, though. All right. A lot. I mean, we'll have 600 yards. We just – there, no won't touchdowns. Be any, there won't be any points from it. So we'll have 600 yards, but we'll hold them to three points. Uh, we'll get a, we'll get a safety and it'll be three to two. That sounds about right. Yeah. All right. Mac. Yeah. We, uh, we don't have a good chance in this game. However, any chance we do have to score, will have to be touchdowns because we can't kick field goals. So, <laughs> <sighs> 14 for us. Uh, they're probably, man, if we can keep them in the mid-20s, that'd be fantastic. So 28-14, Wisconsin seems about, that would be, I would be actually pretty happy with that score. That's a very logical prediction. Uh, <laughs> Boomer actually also very similar, taking Wisconsin 28-21. Um, Ooh. Dan, if you're listening to us, Colorado for Boomer. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. Um, for myself, uh, yeah, I have to also take whiskey. I mean, until Nebraska proves me to me they can they can win a game here, I'm not going to go out on a limb um, for them on the road in uh, a night game. So I'll go Wisconsin 30, Nebraska 24. I, I, I hold out hope that we can score some points and scare the death out of them. All right, guys. We could hurt somebody. You never wish for injuries, but you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if we're hitting hard and and playing fundamentally sound football, I I hope they're at least bruised, right? Didn't didn't Jonathan Didn't Jonathan Taylor have a fumbling issue last year? I hope. I don't know. The guy's had like 500 carries so far this season. He's going to be worn out by the end of the year. Grasp me at straws. Let's uh, since obviously we just just picked Wisconsin to beat Nebraska, which totally sucks. Let's have a little bit more fun here. Let's just hypothetically honk, just like let your uh, mind imagine how can you play out a scenario where just everything seems to go right all of a sudden and, and we we win the game. Like, can you imagine like you know some turnover sequence or just like offense clicks or I mean, what would 
It, what's, it, your, what's your dream scenario of beating Wisconsin? Our dream scenario is our front seven on defense plays the way that I was expecting them to play coming into the season. And I know that Wisconsin's offensive line is like the greatest one since the Hogs of Washington Redskins, but <laughs> but but I want a front seven that if we can somehow even begin to force Wisconsin to have to pass, right? If we can if we can take away some of their run game, that would be a dream scenario defensively, right? Yeah. Because I don't think Hornerbrook's going to sit there and pick us apart. Offensively, it's all Martinez, man. I mean, Martinez is the absolute difference maker for us right now. And yeah. if he can, if he can, if we can figure out an offense that gets him out of the pocket on certain plays, rolls him out, get you know, gets him on the move, he can do a lot of things to a lot of defenses. He can make things really hard on defenses as he gets as he gets healthier and he gets more experience. I thought he looked really good health wise yeah, last week. He, he ran. He was yeah. confident. I, I was. The, I was knee. concerned about it because against Michigan, it just to me it felt like he looked eighty yeah. percent out there. It just yeah. he looked really tentative, which makes a lot of sense. But he didn't look that way last week. I thought he he was quick. So I would love to see him just be. I'd love to see him be a pain in the backside of Wisconsin the whole game. That I want plays where they break, where one of their guys knocks over one of our offensive linemen and is ready to sack him, and he makes that guy miss and then makes a play. I want yeah. him to just totally frustrate Wisconsin's defense because that's that's what's going to happen for the next four years. That's yeah. that's kind of the sign I want him to be able to give that yeah. defense. Dream scenario is he dream scenario is is one he stays healthy this whole game yeah, and really for the rest of the year and then yeah like you said kind of break their backs on a few third downs where he runs and and he gets out you know for that to work yep. divine's going to have to have a big role or you know yep. interior 3 are going to have to do a good job to give him some lanes to run through um but you know he's learning man it's trial by fire right now he's mm. he's they can't be any scarier of a defense than what michigan was so i mean yeah, he's got that right. behind him and he's got to feel better about his wheel you know than he did against Michigan, so yeah. it, it could it was really good experience for him to play that game. You know, potentially uh, Washington's back, and that gives us maybe a little more of an explosive threat along with Divine. Um, you know, so we'll see how that goes. I maybe hit that screen game a couple times if we can get those guys to back off a little bit. If, if you we, were, go sorry, ahead, if we could get into tempo even just a couple of times, successful tempo against. Yeah. Wisconsin. It never happened against Michigan. If it could happen against Wisconsin, we can still lose the game, right? But at the end of the game, if you're a Wisconsin coach or, or a knowledgeable fan, you go, "Whole oh, crap. We just saw maybe it's Washington and, 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 right. and Martinez on the field at the same time, two freshmen. And they go, oh, crap. That Some of what they did kind of looked good. Now, we won this year. Right. We, we got away with the victory, right? And as Frost said, you know, take your shots while you can. But if you if we could walk away and that other team goes, oh crap, this is not going to be easy next year. This is not going to be easy sure. in 2020, 2021. Oh my, you know, you know what I'm saying? That's to the dream scenario. Short of just flat out saying, right. yeah, I want to win the game. Those are kind of the things I right. want to see Saturday. We saw a little fight in the second half from our we team saw this it. year. We saw it, or this last game. So if, yep. you, if you can maintain that bit of a fight, just don't play this game scared. Nope. Just play it like you want to hit somebody. You've been in a bigger, badder place, yeah. you know, already at Michigan. 30,000 more seats than what you're going to play against this week. You played against a better defense. This is not the best Wisconsin defense that we're going to yep. see. 
Um, but that front seven for us, I'm going to just keep saying this. I, I've had high expectations for them all year. It's time to show it now against this Wisconsin offensive line that is just, you know, the, and there's no the second coming with, of the, the pipeline. There's no secret with Wisconsin's going to do. I nope. mean, they know what's happening. Yeah, nope. absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Boomer was here. He'd pipe in and mention that I, I, if we're going to pull off an upset, it's, you know, if we actually have good special teams and, and some turnovers, that could, you know, easy points yep. make a big difference, right? Because yep. suddenly now the offense has got a shot because we're at the short field or we uh, have seven or 14 points that we didn't really earn. So, I mean, you know, breaks a punt return. Who knows? Yep. Yeah. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's get out of here with some parting shots. Honky. Uh, I always have to head over to volleyball, and I feel bad right now for the team because with football getting so much discussion and, and in most cases it being negative, I hope people aren't missing the fact of what volleyball is doing right now. They lost the first game of the year to, to Florida, but they have come back since, won every game. They've beaten uh, Michigan, who was, the, who was undefeated at the time. They just beat Illinois, who was undefeated. Uh, the Big Ten, I believe, has seven of the top 16 teams in the country. Um, really impressed right now with what they're doing. Um, unfortunately, on Saturday night, Minnesota, who is number five in the country, Nebraska's number three, Minnesota comes to Lincoln. They play us at 6.30 that night, and John Cook tried to get the game moved up, and boo, hiss, gophers, they would not accept it. They would not play the game at four. So uh, that put our fans in a bad predicament because now you're – if you go to watch volleyball, you're going to miss some of the football game, um, which is just lousy on Minnesota's part. It was stupid. They they play a game Wednesday night, not a Friday night game. They play a game Wednesday night, and then they play Saturday night. And he, and they said for the the betterment of our, our you know for the student the best athletes. interest of our students, we decided not to move the game up. It's like you move two two hours up on a Saturday. That's ridiculous. So Cook was pretty ticked at that, and I don't blame him. And I hope they take it out on him on the court. I mean, you know, however you can take it out in volleyball. Um, <laughs> basketball, because I can't just have one parting shot. Basketball, uh, Nebraska ball sells out. They sold out that's all right. their tickets last week, so that's awesome. That was early. Practice has started. Absolutely. Yeah, practice has started. Uh, we'll definitely have a segment on that in one of our upcoming shows. And I don't want to take a long time on this, but but feel free to, to chime in, either of you two guys. I did just want to touch on this real quick because some stuff came out last week on it. The redshirt rule versus the transfer rule. The redshirt rule, just to make it very clear, nothing has changed if you're going to transfer right now because of the redshirt rule. The redshirt rule simply says you can play up to four games in a year. And if you, so right now Nebraska's played four games. Technically, anybody on the team, if they want to, anybody that still has eligibility could leave after this year. And if they haven't redshirted already, this would be their redshirt year. Okay? Nothing's changed. They still would have to sit out next year as a transfer. Except for seniors. Except for seniors who have graduated. So nothing has changed. So I'm hearing a lot of erroneous things being said right now where someone's like some freshman, let's you know Erroneous. Some random freshman, they they would transfer from Nebraska right now after four games and they would use this as a redshirt year and play next year. No, they wouldn't. They would they would be able to use this year as a redshirt. That's the new thing. The new thing is they played this year but they could still redshirt, but next year they're still trans they still have to sit out as a transfer. Yeah, I think some, changed. some players have made some poor decisions based off of that seems what erroneous uh, information. Uh, and, I mean, there's others like 
Kelly Bryant at Clemson, who's a senior, and he's going to use that redshirt rule to Correct. his advantage, but he's going to graduate, and it's no problem. But there, there's a, players at Auburn and the wide receiver from Okie State who seem like they didn't understand that. And I, as far as I can tell, well, the Okie State guy might be also be a senior, so he might be okay. But um, I, I know at least a few players have seemed to have made the wrong decision there, and it's mm-hmm. possibly because they just had the wrong information. So good point, Hunk. Yep. All right, Mac. No parting shot for me. We need to win a football game. Then I'll have a parting shot. <laughs> You're a good man. All right, all right. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I did want to mention you know, basketball season is fast approaching, and uh, we're looking forward to doing some Husker basketball segments here on, on some uh, shows in the near future. So we're looking forward to that, and hopefully that's going to be a lot of positive energy because they, they look like they're going to be the real deal this year. So let's hope so. All right, guys, uh, let's call that a Go Big Redcast. Compete really hard against Wisconsin. <laughs>